0: This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. Welcome to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian FanCast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFanCast.com. Another amazing weekend for the Guardians. They took two out of three games from the Toronto Blue Jays. They lost two to one in the game they lost. So we're pretty darn close in all those games. Uh, I mean, to winning all those games. The games they won actually weren't super close. <laughs> Eight to nothing. And then... Uh, Today's 7-2 win, not especially close, and good to see the Guardians dominate a team that many predicted to be the best team in the American League coming into 2022. And the Guardians ended up winning five out of the seven games they played against the Blue Jays. Much to the chagrin of Blue Jays fans on Twitter, I'm sure, and in real life, who started the season hoping that they would get Jose Ramirez from the Guardians and instead had to endure the Jose Ramirez uh, loving and holding on to forever Guardians coming in and destroying them in the series. You have to enjoy that if you're a Guardians fan, I know that I do. With that said, it's time to kind of return home and have a little week homestand here. A four-game series against the Tigers, a, day, a home day off, which I'm sure will be great for the guys on Thursday, and then a three-game series against the White Sox. Hoping to go to two of these games, um, and, and looks like pretty certainly going to at least one of them in this series, so hopefully that'll be a good time and a good experience. Obviously, series against the White Sox is a big one, but taking at least three out of four from the Tigers is also a big thing at this point. That's how it is in a playoff chase right now. Every loss is going to feel so big, and every win is going to feel so big as well, but loss is even more so because you just want to keep that lead that the Guardians now have in the division, the two and a two-and-a-half-game lead, and not look back from that. good news is is that Francona and his staff, they know how to guide a team through a playoff chase. Uh, Jose Ramirez has had the experience. Ahmed Rosario has been on winning teams before. Shane Bieber as well, and these guys will help steady the team and keep them focused as they go through the ups and downs of the rest of the season. I thought today I might talk a little bit about um, things that I've been wrong about and things that I've learned about this team and about baseball in general. You know, one thing that I said was that I kind of wondered if Ahmed Rosario, if the team maybe should have traded him in the offseason because that might have been his peak value, and it looks to me like Ahmed is going to establish an even higher peak value this year. We'll kind of see where it ends up, but it looks like mainly because defensively he's established himself as a pretty solid shortstop, you know, average major league shortstop, which before it was like, man, can this guy even play shortstop in the major leagues? And now he's an average shortstop. He can make some pretty impressive plays and he's definitely put a lot of work into it. And then it looks like maybe he might end the year being slightly improved offensively as well. So that statement that they maybe didn't capitalize on his peak value last year, totally false because Ahmed Rezaria has proven that he is a hard worker who's constantly interested in making himself a better player. I suspect that the team will be open to trading him in the offseason, but maybe not motivated to do so. Maybe kind of saying, hey, we'll hang on to him, we're fine having him we'll let Gabriel Arias and Rocchio come up behind him or trade one of those guys and let the other one come up behind him. I could see them doing that, uh, but I also think it is possible for them to trade him still, even as important as he's been to this team. Um, You know, next year is a new season. You just got to keep surrounding your team with players that give their all and kind of keep each other accountable for giving their all and you gotta love the fact that this how this Guardians team functions. They <laughs> don't give up with bats. They uh, go all out every play, and it's just amazing to see. You know, even Miles Straw, when he's frustrating at the plate, he makes incredible, incredible plays. And made some incredible plays in the Toronto series to save runs in the outfield. It's just a dream defensively out there. Going through another rough, rough stretch at the plate, but suspect that he'll figure it out and get hot again here before the year is over. So another thing that I messed up about, which I've talked about before, definitely thought this would be a good year for Fran Reyes. Thought he'd be very important to the team. Thought even after his horrible, horrible start that he'd figure things out. Now, I noticed that he hit a home run with the Cubs, so maybe he'll figure it out elsewhere. There are times that guys just don't fit in on certain teams, and I don't really understand that. Uh, You know, but (laughs) the Guardians are certainly a team that needs right-handed slugging power. You never... Can't exactly say why it doesn't work out for everybody, but it just sometimes happens that way. And for Animal may not really turn it around that much. Of course, you can't tell from just a couple of games. And sometimes a new situation kind of wakes guys up before they go back to their old habits. But it seems like the team was pretty dedicated on moving on from a guy who's pretty much a DH-only guy. And that's kind of where I guess that needs to be led, but definitely missed that one. I think, kind of going hand in hand, my two biggest whiffs going into the season appear to be thinking that the Guardians would be between 78 and 83 wins, and that most likely they'd end up with 78 wins. So I want to explain how I came to this conclusion. Number one, I thought it would take longer for the Guardians to start playing some of their younger guys who had more potential. I really thought we'd probably see another month of Bradley Zimmer, we might see a lot of Oscar Mercado, we might see a month or two of Yu Chang before they moved on from him, but they've been we might even see a month from Bobby Bradley, a month or two from Bobby Bradley before we moved on from him. And the team has instead has been very aggressive, moving on from guys who've kind of shown their value and it's limited to moving on to younger players who had more of a ceiling, better projections, and that's been really great to see. One of the biggest things that's been a difference for me this season is i looked at our starting rotation and i said man we just don't have depth still we don't have enough depth to survive the season because a lot of our talent is not quite majorly ready yet so if you have any of your top five starters get hurt you're not going to be in good shape so uh, when i looked at that and saw that situation i kind of expected that you'd have one or two big injuries for starting pitchers And knock on wood, and uh, hopefully it continues, the team has been mostly free from significant injuries. Now, I don't believe in superstitions anyway, but I mean, that's just something that's been part of the season so far. And their success is that they have done pretty well staying healthy, which is part of the reason I think it's important to capitalize on what they've been capable of doing this season. So that's a big thing that I missed. The team looks like they're going to far surpass my expectations, at least on the lower end, for where I thought they'd end up for wins. And then also to go along with that, I thought that the Tigers would be a much better team than they are. Didn't think they'd make the playoffs, but thought they would also be in that kind of, you know, hovering around 500 territory. And instead, the Tigers have absolutely collapsed and I thought the Tigers' pitching was a lot more solid than it was, but injuries absolutely ravaged their staff. And none of their hitters have done anything this year. I didn't expect, I thought Avi Baez was a dumb signing by them, but I definitely didn't think that he was a bad hitter, which he's also been a bad fielder this year, pretty much. So, man, rough year to be a Tigers fan. But I didn't see that coming. So I think those were probably my biggest whiffs coming this season. I'll have to go back and look and see what else I might have said that's been off track. But, you know, I guess one of the things to remember is that young teams like the Tigers can't really count on them. And you got to make sure they have plenty of death before you project them to do very much. And uh, I guess that's something that I'd take away. I wanted to take a look at the Guardians' schedule coming up and what we might expect for them as far as wins and losses. So. Let's take a little look. They're at 61 wins right now. They have a series coming up against the Tigers. You can hope and expect maybe that they'll take at least three or four of those, three of the four of those games. You know, splitting a four-game series is never the end of the world. But against the Tigers, you should win at least three or four. So we'll say they win three of those four. That puts a record at 64 wins. Then they play the White Sox at home. They play the White Sox very well at home. But let's say that it might be a little bit tough to have the White Sox come in. Now the White Sox are coming off a series with the Astros. So we're gonna say that the Guardians managed to take two out of those three games, which would be a big deal to take two out of those three games. So that puts their record at 65 wins. Then they go to the Padres for two games. Let's say kind of coming down after a home great home series like that. They end up losing those games to the Padres. A little bit of a step back. So two losses to the Padres. But then they go to the Mariners for a four-game series. And let's say that they bounce back there. Uh, Pitchers are just pitching so well right now. We're going to say that they split that series with the Mariners. 67 wins. Heading into a home series against the Orioles. Now the Orioles are playing a lot better right now. Um, But I do suspect they'll kind of come back to a a mean at some point. Um, So... We're gonna say at this point that the Guardians are gonna win that series, then they're gonna take two out of three from the Orioles. So that puts us at 64, 66, 68, 70 wins. 70 wins heading in to the rest of September. Then the Guardians have the Mariners at home. Say the guard the Guardians are feeling pretty good. So they take two out of three from the Mariners, 72 wins. Then they have A series against the Royals. We'll say they take two out of three from the Royals. 74 wins. Then a series against the Twins. It's at the Twins in Minnesota. So we'll say that they lose that series. 75 wins. Home series against the Angels. For sure, they'll take two of three. 77 wins. Then a home series against the Twins for for five games. Uh, We'll say the Guardians win three of those games. 80 wins. Then a huge ending of the season series with the White Sox. Uh, At the White Sox, we'll say they lose two out of those three games, 81 wins. Then at the Rangers, we'll say they win two out of three, 83 wins. Then at the Rays, tough to play against the Rays lately, so we'll say they win one of those, 84 wins. And then finally, a six-game series against the Royals to end the season. And if you say the Guardians can win four of those wins, you're looking at 88 wins. All that is very reasonable for the team. Now, you could probably say, well, you probably should expect a sweep somewhere in there. But you could say a sweep from either end. I didn't predict any sweeps for the Guardians. I didn't predict them to get swept except in the two-game series in San Diego. I feel pretty good about their chances to be up there, to be hanging around for a division title or a wildcard spot, buying, barring injury and barring some sort of unforeseen collapse. It's a young team, so it's important to remember that things can go south and it can be a little harder maybe for them to pull out of that sometimes. So we got to temper our expectations, but also be cautiously optimistic and excited about the team. Kind of wonder if part of what they've been doing is kind of ramping up the pitchers slowly and making sure those guys have something left in the tank at the end of the year. Tito talked about that after the game. So hopefully that's the case and they can keep those guys healthy. Hopefully Jose Ramirez is starting to turn things around. And the game on Sunday against the Blue Jays, he turned on a fastball up in the zone, which was good to see, and he took a walk. Big thing for him is he hasn't been taking walks lately. So hopefully he can relax and say, yeah, my teammates got my back. And I don't have to swing at bad pitches Um, on 3-2 counts, 3-1 counts. I can let those go, go on base, and know that the other guys are going to help me. Every time he gets on base, he steals a base. He does something amazing anyway. Stole a base on Sunday. got tagged out when he overslid the base. But, man, he had it stolen as usual. So he's always doing something great. Even when he's struggling a little bit, he's still a super valuable player. But, you know, thinking about the fact that he might turn things around and I know Andre, not on the, uh, the broadcast, said the other day that in the cages, Jose was saying he started to feel kind of more normal. I'm assuming that means just his approach because they already said his thumb wasn't an issue, which I'm kind of doubtful about. But if he really turns things on, that helps a lot because it gives you the ability to have some step back from guys like, you know, Austin Hedges and Luke Maley, who've been hitting very well lately, to have some step back there, to have some young players go through some adjustments It's going to be fun to see how Tito gets everybody time in the middle of a playoff race to try to make sure that everybody gets a chance. One of the exciting things that will happen on Monday, uh, a doubleheader against the Tigers, is we'll get to see Xavion Curry debut. And I encourage you to go read some articles about Xavion Curry. He's just an amazing interview, a fun player, uh, kind of a shorter pitcher who still throws pretty hard and throws strikes and has had a lot of success at every level. So looking forward to seeing him. Debut with the Guardians and see what he's capable of. I think, you know, long term he might possibly be a reliever. Kind of hard to see too many of the guys who are his height that lasts as starters, but certainly I think he's more than capable of being an excellent back-end reliever and certainly has the ceiling to become kind of a mid-rotation starter if everything breaks right and he's his stuff holds up. So I'm excited to see him pitch with the Guardians and make his debut. Another Guardians player making their debut in 2022. 20, uh, Pretty exciting. Curry getting added to the roster as well. So it tells you that they they see some value there. And uh, so we'll see how the series goes. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.